one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, uh, which, uh, yeah, it's the best bits of this afternoon show, isn't it? I'd say the That's best the bit was my gag about Iceland. Yeah, it's brilliant. You might hear that. Honestly, but honestly, all the great comics, they'll be asking Andy to write for them after that one. So you'll hear that. That's the real highlight. Uh, Sam Avery joined us. He's an Evertonian, he's a comedian, yeah. and he's carved out a bit of a niche for himself since becoming the dad of twins. He's a funny man, wasn't he? He was good. And Matthew Said dropped in. He did. It's always interesting, so we had a little chat with him. That yep, he took us back to the Olympics of 1992, amongst other things, which he was in. Yeah, he brought us down a bit, but anyway. Yeah, there's a, one dark moment, but anyway, I'm sure you can spot that. Uh, and also, what else did we do? That's um, it, our bits. Oh, our bits, yeah. It's us having a bit of a chat, and his great gag. Stay tuned. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. I quite enjoyed the game last night. Yeah. I thought United did well. They kept the game competitive right to the end. And Matic hadn't been sent off. Yeah, it could have yeah. been different. Uh, it was a bit of a soft one, wasn't it? I mean, it was... A... But it was stupid. You're on a yellow. Yeah. You stopped a break. There was so much tactical fouling in that game yeah. last night. You know, both sides virtually having to. But Matic, you know, he, he didn't need to do that. It's interesting, the subject of tactical fouling, because Concer, who uh, obviously won Villa one, he's admitted in the papers today that, yeah, yeah that was part of their plan. To that, break up the rhythm of the game, know. yeah, yeah. And you wonder if, if they're going to have to adjust the laws for this. They have to make, you know, start making it a red card, because it is very... Very disruptive. It's very difficult to stop, really, but it's boring. Isn't it? Every tactical foul, a red card. Well, what are you going to do, David Ellery? What are you going to do about it, though? It's a, it's a poor part well, look, of the game. You I know, mean, you saw last night the, the when one player's on a yellow, they can't do it. Yeah. You know, that's the risk. That is the risk you take, isn't yeah, it? I so it, is, it yeah. should be a yellow card. But mm. what we see teams doing always, everybody's team does it, is to share them around to make sure that you can't mm. pin it on one person. So if you get four or five yellows, I mean, that's why Triori's been fouled so many times and people have picked up so many yellow cards for him because he's worth taking a card oh, for. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I'm glad that uh, the two yellow situation now doesn't mean you missed the final because Conso would have, I was going to mention that, he was yeah. gonna, what a stupid way to miss a final, but he didn't and I think that's right actually. I don't think two yellows in the two semi-finals should mean you miss a final. No, that would be... Uh, but, you know, yeah. kind of for United on the night, it was a decent performance, wasn't yeah, it? Really? They've beaten City twice at the Etihad and that's, that's some achievement. They're a bit... 
you know, they're not that far off United. I mean, whether they'll stick with Solskjaer is another matter, but, you know, they, we'll hear from Matt, you know, about what they've done and what they're doing with Fernandes. Yeah, we've got some very interesting, interesting numbers from yeah. Matt Scott. He's coming up very shortly, and he's been looking at uh, Bruno Fernandes' numbers. So he's a player you don't know much about, then uh, he'll be able to fill you in on that. strange performance from City. They started well, but I think Pep gets bored. He's like a mad, he's like Heston Blumenthal, or a mad <laughs> scientist. He thinks, I've got to try something. That was like old Barca, that was, not, no defenders. Yeah. You know, and he, he could have worked. They've in got the first injuries, though, haven't they? I, I mean, he was kind of. Well, was... Stones was fit. He could have mm. played him. You know, and he could have played a more orthodox team. I'm not. Who am I to say what he did does? You, you know, did I you just thought that he yeah. confused the players last night? They looked a bit confused. Did you like, check out the highlights of uh, West Ham Liverpool? As I was just limited yes, to about I, ten minutes of highlights. Well, I just saw the goals really, and and some of the West Ham efforts. It looked like they, you know, look they held out for 35 minutes. It looked like they had a couple of chances. Allison made score. about three or four good saves, yeah, didn't he? You know. And uh, yeah, a soft you second think, goal, though. Look, Saturday, look, that's not the game that will send them down. It's Saturday. Yeah. Those are the games they have to win against Brighton. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, well, we, Motti will join us tomorrow. Have a good look ahead uh, to the weekend. I thought Raheem, I've noticed this for a few weeks now, whether he's played too much. I think he's just not quite at his best. You yeah. Know, in, in, well, finishing-wise, finishing I mean, he, he, in, he hasn't scored yeah. in four games. We've got so used yeah. to him, you know, being sort of... No, look, he's terrific, but I just yeah. by his own high standards, I don't think he's, he's actually doing it at the moment. And, yeah. uh, well, let's hope that run continues at the lane on well, Sunday. Really, could do well, with that, really. back in the summer for England. Yeah. The, uh, I noticed the game... Do you see the game clock graphic? didn't come up at the start of the second half. Oh, right. It came up two minutes after the half had started. But it said 45 minutes and it started to count. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be really confusing. But they actually got rid of it, which was good. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Our next guest sat in uh, the newsreader's chair momentarily and we said they might have to break some news, so that's the chair they need. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the news might be Richarlison to Barcelona for 85 million. <laughs> Yeah. Don't wind him up. <laughs> Sam Avery has joined us. He's an Evertonian. Um, good afternoon, Sam. Good to see Hiya. you. Nice yeah. to see you. Yeah, before we st- before we talk about your, your new show, um, uh, what do you make of that? We've just been chatting to Matt Scott about it. I mean, I mean it's, it's far too late. It's not going to happen. But, I mean, it, in some ways, it's kind of kudos, really, that Barcelona want your main man because they're not going to get him. Not now. They're anyway. not going to get him now. They might get him in a, in a couple of years. He's only 22, isn't he? And he's, uh, he's definitely our best player. So... I think there's a feeling amongst Evertonians, which is when we bought him from uh, Watford, mm. everyone said the price tag was too high. And I didn't know much about the play then, but I've seen him and I think we got him at a decent rate, to be honest. And I yeah. think give him a couple of years, we could get even more money because the transfer market's silly anyway, isn't it? Well, Marco Silva no might be the best thing he ever did for you, mightn't it, really? Probably it with might the, be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless he goes through the next club that he's at, which would probably be like League Two or something. Yeah. So that's <laughs> probably not going to be that. Yeah, I think, I think he, may have, he may have run out of Premier League credit. <laughs> Don't you? I think yeah. he, he won't be getting another job in the Premier League, you wouldn't think. So anyway, we're going to chat about your, your uh, show uh, Toddlergeddon, yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I've got twin boys that the. I mean, they're going to be five in March. They're not toddlers anymore. But you've got to come up with a show title many, many years before you write a show. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. No, so I've written this show about the toddler phase because I've just I've been sort of writing and, and talking about you know the the, the perils of parenthood since my kids were born. Um, not moaning about it, just talking about the challenges and the different things that we go through in the different phases. Because the thing about parenthood, the second you think you've got it cracked. The kid gets a little bit older, and all the skills you learn are now useless. Like, yeah, I think it's it, true. I think it was very the, the very day I finally managed to 
like dismantle the, the double buggy, which was a tough task. They just started walking. They were like, yeah. <laughs> and the fact you had two at the same, it's different when, because you can take those skills mm. into the next mine about three years apart, much like Andy's. Mm. So you can take those skills you've learned, or skills, yeah, right, from that into the younger one. But when you've got two of the same age, they're twins. Pointless. I mean, yeah, it's Pointless true. skills. They're, they're useful in that moment and for about eight minutes afterwards, and then they're kind of redundant unless we have more kids. Yeah. But I don't have more kids because I've got twins in a family. My wife's got twins in a family. And I don't know if you've seen that thing going around on Facebook. It's a picture with a headline. The headline is Mother of Twins Gives Birth to Quads. Oh, and the, no. the picture <laughs> unbe- underneath is unbelievable because you've got the happy scene, quote unquote, happy scene, where the twins are about six are smiling. The mum, uh, all the hospital staff are smiling. The mum's holding two of the quads. She's smiling. And the dad's holding the other two quads. And his mouth is making a smile, but his eyes are saying, Kill me. It's just, <laughs> he looks so miserable. So you were, you were a comedian. You were doing stand up before. But when the kids came along, that kind of became a bit of a focus of the sort of stuff you were doing. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Because I've always kind of talked about what, what's relevant and current to my life, I suppose. Mm. But I just started a little blog on Facebook thinking it'll be a good way to not forget material that I might be able to use in my club set. Mm. And with Facebook, you can share stuff and you can tag friends in. And just it, it just became really popular quite quickly, which was really surprising. So it's, it meant it, it, I've somehow accidentally built this audience to come and watch my shows, which is fantastic. Yeah. But what was great, I did a tour last year and it was mainly, mainly women who came who, who read the blog. But loads of fellas who came, like, they didn't know what I was going to do. They thought I was just going to be talking about my feelings for 90 minutes. <laughs> and I had the best compliment from a man. This was in Newcastle. He comes up to me and he, after the show and he goes, you know what, mate? I'd never heard of you. And I thought this was going to be proper rubbish. But you know what? It was all right. <laughs> I was like, that's the best because compliment you can get from a man. say to us at Cheltenham. It, it's, <laughs> it's, muck, it's muck and bullets, isn't it? It's the proper, it's the it's the, the front line, the coalface of parenting that you, you deal with. Definitely. Not the nice it is. It's uh, all the, the bodily byproducts. Products and yeah, the, I mean, one mm. I was reading some stuff you did, and the one that when the kids first when they can they get into your bed because they can't sleep, and you're right, they are the most kids are the most violent sleepers, aren't they? Thrash no. about, oh, fidgeting, completely. lying sideways, so you're being pushed off the edge. I mean, yeah. you've got two of them doing it, they as just well. come in. I take one back, the other one comes in. It's like slugs in your kitchen, you just keep <laughs> taking <laughs> them out, keep coming back are in. Fascinated by twins, I mean, they're all all siblings are different, and presumably, your two are different to each other, even though they're sort of the are they identical? They're identical, yeah. yeah. But they are very different. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Then. I'm just I, I'm got the the big kind of brainwashing exercise on to get them to support the same team as me. So my wife's a Liverpool fan. Oh. I'm an Everton fan. So it's you know if you had to choose between the teams now based on nothing <laughs> yeah. but logic, yeah. you're not going to pick Everton, are you're you? Not. So I've just I'm whispering in the sleep and I'm buying them all the kits and I'm, I, I had to lie to them. One of them said, "Someone in school said Liverpool are better," and I just said, "No, they're not. They're not better. Don't, don't look at the stats. People, people are sick don't of look experts. At the results. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the twenty point gap. So how, at the how's top. that going? I mean, do you think that's a losing battle or? I've got them about four Everton kits in the space of about eighteen months, which is yeah. more than I ever had as a kid. You know, they've had the second, third kits and all mm. that. Um, one of them. We saw, I think it was Martin Skirtle that my wife saw in, in near where we live, and uh, she went home and said, "I just saw, I saw a, a Liverpool player, and one of my lads booed, and I've not taught him that, so he's more bitter than me because I don't think of myself as a bitter blue, but I think he already is. So, so maybe it's working. But we'll see. I'm going to take him to the first match when the when the five. Because I don't want to put them off. I'm waiting for us to put a good run of results yeah, together. Soon, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. You, if you take them too soon, they're not interested. Yeah. I think five, six is a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Judge, I took my, my, my oldest boy at four, and that was a bit too soon. So he ate his way for all the sweets and the drinks and the ten past three. He said, can we go now? <laughs> we lost 2-0 at Newcastle, so maybe I should have said yes. <laughs> I, th- I think one of the things that Everton are best at at the moment is the hot dogs. So they, mm. they enjoy hot dogs. So, you know, it's not mm. it's not going to be a bad day out for them. No, <laughs> that's just prompts to all that. Does the toffee lady? 
lady still do the rounds? Does she, she does, yeah. Is she still go dispensing sweets? So I, th- I think health and safety, you've got to pass them now. You can't lash them into no. the back row, can you? <laughs> and also, <laughs> she had a good arm. Yeah. Also, the club being sued by, you know, for dental problems. Of course. Well, they're can't not, do it. but they could be. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's not I mean. news, but I see they're not really being uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sued for diabetes dental is, is But I think somebody's thinking, that's a good idea. You've got to show the... You've got to show the... Is it... Are they both boys or what? Two boys, yeah. yeah. two boys. I mean, you, I suppose you've got to show them pictures of the, of the new ground and, yeah. and give them an idea of what they're moving on to. I showed them the nice video <clears> of the new ground, yeah. which, you know, they were about as interested as uh, <laughs> as, as non-Everton fans were, clearly. But I was saying, look at this and look at the you know look at the extra leg room all stuff that they can't really appreciate yeah. because they've never been did, to good did they say to you I can't believe Ancelotti's come in here yeah well I, I told him about Ancelotti mm. and I said he's won he's won more you know trophies than, than Liverpool's manager yeah. which statistically is true yes. <laughs> but it doesn't really spill over into the team just yet but <laughs> it's an exciting time as an Everton fan we, we always have to temper our kind of enthusiasm because mm. we've had too many setbacks and false dawns even in the last four years where I remember when we got um uh, Steve Walsh came in from Leicester and we were all jumping out, uh, you know, up and down going he's, we, you know, he's yeah. made some terrible signings and <laughs> ultimately left the club about 12 months later so it, I think we'll we'll just have to see what happens really Yeah So we can catch you on tour can't we um, what, what sort of dates where can we see you on your if, on, Well if you go on my website thelearnerparent.com and yeah. the first date is tonight <clears> in Finchley in the Arts Depot Okay uh, and then it runs till May I'm doing a couple of nights at Leicester Square Theatre at the end of February and uh, all around the country really in Scotland and Wales so yeah I'll, it's all on my website thelearnerparent.com the learner parent yeah go and check it out and have you been doing those sort of gigs where they bring the kids along as well we've spoken to a few comedians on the show they do these these lunchtime sets where people bring the kids with you I've done a couple but I don't like doing them to be honest because although my subject matter is about the kids it's, yeah. it's littered with swearing right so okay. I don't think the kids although sometimes they say just swear because the kids are too young to know but I don't want to be the guy no, who you know good. turns the personality <laughs> yeah. to the child and what did the missus make of it when when this sort of took off this this kind of uh, the, the fact that this has become quite a the kind of cornerstone of, of, of your set she's dead supportive my wife but I do try and give her the illusion that being on tour is really hard work and stressful you know oh, <laughs> another three nights in a hotel away from you and the kids oh, it's a nightmare love and I'm, I'm already going whoa can't wait to get there late checkout it's going to be wonderful the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people sing you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. 
the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sports. And uh, joining us in the studio now is the uh, Times columnist, former uh, table tennis player, number one, Britain's Navy. I know, number you one felt you had to player. remind people. Well, I just think I th- Matthew well, Sai joins. Good afternoon, Matthew. Well, look, good afternoon. It's, it's really surreal coming in to see you because I listen to you so often mm. and coming and seeing you face to face. and <laughs> It's a shock. It's good faces for Ole or Ole, whatever they call But the funny thing about table tennis is, it obviously a massive part of my life when I played and the weird thing looking back on it now because I haven't played professional table tennis for about 16 years is that when I was playing table tennis moving up one position in the world ranking from 26 to 25 was everything <laughs> I spent every minute of every waking hour mm. how can I improve mm. how could I beat Christophe Legou of France how can I you know, beat Damien Eloire how can I threaten the Chinese and now I think my goodness what a way to spend 20 years of your life trying to improve hitting a ping pong ball over there <laughs> the but it, it takes over it's a remarkable thing but sport. you're right about a lot of different sports in the times and I do sometimes wonder if you're talking you know people they don't know they, they don't know <laughs> that you were a professional yeah. sportsman mm. and uh, you you know went to an Olympics and everything so you know they... well, and, and funnily enough when I first started at the times a sports mm. editor about them was a guy called David Chappell mm-hmm. and he said given that you are are a sports person make sure you reference that fact yeah. draw on your own mm. experiences not a lot of professional journalists have that background but then of course the readers are saying stop talking about ping- we know you're a ping pong player <laughs> yeah. you don't have to bring it into it but it's informed a lot of your books and you know the, the bounce and things like that about how you were able to be successful and people around you and you know it's it's, it's been a big part of what you do and, and led to what you do yeah and it was a it was a wonderful bridge from sport into trying to understand high performance at a more general level hmm. um, so it was a definitely a, a, a great background but it, it's funny you know with Mike Atherton who's a fellow columnist on the Times obviously an England cricket captain and he's quite sensitive about talking about his own experiences because he wants to be known as a journalist who hmm. can write authoritatively on the game and doesn't need to keep referencing back to the old days so it's an interesting balance but it, it, it is odd how um, obsessive when you're in that bubble it becomes all-encompassing Mm. And that actually makes it more difficult to transition out of sport because it's like, what else could there be in life that mm. would mean anything? But once you're out, it's like, of course there are other things in life yeah. that matter. It's the sort of game as well that you can, you know, you'll go somewhere, there's a table tennis table there. Of course, we've got kind of bars and clubs that people go to all over the country <laughs> yeah. now. Have you had a Christmas party at this one? Did it talk sport? No, I wasn't. I've been to it before. And uh, so that, but I just wonder if, yeah. if yeah. you're at Centre Parks or somewhere like that and uh, you just, <laughs> yeah. you just kind of pick up, you pick up uh, a bat and think, well, why not? So you fancy a game, mate? Well, it's just, well, we're standing here. Has it ever happened to you? Well, <laughs> Funnily enough, I do love centre parts, but I've got a mm. seven and a five year old. Right. And they love the. Have you been recently? They've got the rapids and the slides. Oh, yeah, I went, and the I went a few years back. Yeah. It's great. But what I love about it is, you know, when I was growing up, you had the municipal sports centres. And we would go and we'd play during the school holidays and half term badminton and squash and table tennis mm. and cricket. That's kind of gone down in our country. I mean, there are gyms that people go to now, and you can sort of see a resurgence of these relatively cost-effective gyms. Yeah. But at Centre Parks, you see families playing badminton together. 
you know, and, and, and table tennis. And yeah. it's brilliant. And you kind of glimpse why sport has such a social cachet because it's a wonderful way to keep fit. Mm. It's a wonderful way to bond with other people. And I do occasionally go... So at the centre parks I go to in Woburn, the, the table tennis mm. tables are right next door to the badminton courts. And right. every now and again when I'm wandering past, like, somebody will, will recognise me and say, do you want to go, mate? That's brilliant. Smashing it from 20 yards. I played table tennis. was in 1990. I was in Italy. The last time you played table tennis? Where was the World Cup? The World Cup. But I was in just after the World Cup. And I played the kids and I beat them and they burst into tears. One of them did. You know, I was a bit of a Did you humiliate them? Yeah, it's no, like no, the guy really. from the fast show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting. It's a great game, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very democratic because mm. any age can play. You can get a relatively large number of tables into quite mm. a small space. Yeah. So it's very kind of space efficient. One of the reasons that Mao, Chairman Mao in China, decided he wanted table tennis to be the national sport was he felt it was kind of egalitarian. Anyone could play. It kind of resonated with his... A slightly flawed communist ethos. And mm. they have actually, do- from 1959 until today, China has been the dominant nation. And it all goes back to Mao. He met a British communist intellectual called Sir Ivor Montague, who was mm. the first president of the International Federation of Table Tennis. Mm. And then it has just become the dominant form. And But I, I still look back on it with affection. If I, if I do play against somebody at centre parts or bounce. <laughs> it's great. There's, occasionally you go to like trading floors at, 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 at uh, city yeah. financial institutions or you know, in East London, you know, Shoreditch at oh, an yeah, arts place, there'll be a table tennis saying yeah, you've got yeah. the hipsters there. Yeah. And you sort of turn up and they don't know who you are. And you go, do you mind if I have a quick game? And they're like, oh, whatever. And then they're like, their eyes light up when you put a bit of spin on the board, <laughs> jumps over their back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you mentioned squash as well. And uh, my oldest son, he's been living in the States, he's back now, but he was playing a bit of squash while he was over. He got into it, the fitness thing. And he's come back here and he's wanted to play. And he's, uh, he said to me, do you fancy a game? I said, yeah, sure. He absolutely slaughtered me. But. <laughs> So I phoned up and said, well, will we, get, will we get a call? And it was one of those, well, what time can you have a call? He said, well, what time can you get here? Oh, yeah. I mean... That's interesting. And a couple of people have said to me, always easy to get squash courts. No one's really? playing anymore. Which, you know, it was a very popular sport. It's, I mean, it was sure well, in the true. 1980s. It mm. was a bit... I mean, I think one of the problems squash has had, table tennis to an extent, is it doesn't translate into television very well. No. I actually commentated on squash for about five years on the BBC. They the one tournament a mm. year in at the Commonwealth Games. It's quite difficult to yeah. follow on television. Yeah, table think, tennis is easier. I think, it's easier. Tennis, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know both of them are not as good as football. I mean, football and tennis are dominant for good reasons, aren't they? I mean, yeah. they're just brilliant to watch. Not for me. One of the amazing things about football, <laughs> when you think about it, is a lot of people said when China liberalised, you know, the deep cultural roots of table tennis would meant it remain the national sport. Within about eighteen months, football was the most viewed sport in China, wow. and now it's one of its biggest commercial markets. I mean, it's just, that, that's that I think is interesting about football. It's kind of transcendental appeal. You go to anywhere in the world, yeah, and people are fascinated by football. I wondered about my son and daughter whether they would get into it, and just immediately the first match they watched, they were entranced. The World Cup. Because it's an intrinsically simple game. I mean, yes, it has complexities and when you get into it, but in the face of it, that's what it is. It's, it's jumpers for goalposts. That's why it's so easy to yeah. understand. It's so easy to Maybe play. it's that balance between simplicity, but there's also just enough complexity in tactics and mm. formation mm. that gives you that bit of edge in a more sophisticated... Thing where you, you know where you like a sport and you try and 
convince somebody else about it or the other way around. I mean, yeah. I, I'm known to hate tennis. I can't stand watching tennis. Really? It does nothing for me yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I quite like playing. Yeah. I used to play quite a lot, but it doesn't do that. But I get people love it. Mm. And people have tried to say to me how great it is. And I love cricket. And I've tra- yeah. tried to explain to people yeah. about cricket. And if they don't like it, you're absolutely wasting your time. It's just whether a sport chimes with you. Yeah, that, that's true. But it's interesting that if you take cricket, I mean, it is quite an idiosyncratic sport. It's difficult to understand. The rules are quite opaque if you haven't been... When you've been brought up with it, you know, as us three have, it becomes Mm. part of who you are, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. But football, immediately it's introduced to a new nation. It makes a conquest of Mm. that nation. Mm. That's true. That is truly remarkable when you think... Here's the the most amazing thing of all. When a company like Coca-Cola becomes a global brand, they have very slick marketing executives who think about how to create a sophisticated advertising campaign in the new market so that, you know what I mean? They're very good. FIFA are so poor at everything. It's probably, you know, the the football federation (laughs) is so useless. And yet despite their uselessness, their corruption, their venality, they have this product that sells despite their best efforts to ruin it. It's It's a remarkable thing. Yeah. We're going to see a World Cup in China almost certainly in Mm. 2030. That seems to be the way things uh, are heading, certainly with the current head of Unless FIFA. they get rid of them, still got the virus. That yeah, well, that's, oh, that's God, true. I, but, I mean... Got to, I, think, I don't know what you think about it, but I think that is the thing that will get humanity in the end. It's going to be a virus, isn't it? You think so? Well, well that's like true. 28 it's all days. <laughs> not, not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime not soon. Today. Andy will be worried that you won't be there to see Chelsea get top four. There's <laughs> yeah. anything against... Um, your column yes. this week was on was on Kobe. It was more than that, though, because you, you kind of back-referenced it on your sporting career mm-hmm. and the and the Olympics that you went to yep. uh, as well. And we talked about Kobe and, uh, without one of our American experts the other day. And one of the things maybe the people didn't know about him was he had this, like Beckham and others yep. that you mentioned in the column this incredible work ethic he was mm. the best because he put the hours in it wasn't this god-given talent he had that mm. but he built on it and that's what made him one of the greatest of all time well i worry quite a lot about how the narrative on british sport has changed so in the in the 80s and 90s there was often the thought that we had drifted behind these newer more thrusting nations like australia and the united states with this aging colonial power we couldn't cut it on the olympics one gold medal in atlanta 96 and it was a kind of running joke the england cricket team batting collapses and then we started investing for sure in the national lottery we started professionalizing the olympic infrastructure hiring elite coaches and all the the marginal games and all of this kind of stuff and then we started dominating i mean we have been fantastic in recent but the narrative has completely changed these coaches are pushing the athletes too hard. It's become soulless. I read Should a column you be by just chasing winners. Yeah, it's the thing. Com- I've got a bit of a you know where well, like sports a- like basketball get ignored because we've got no chance of ever winning it. And I think that's a completely valid conversation about is it a sensible target of public subsidy for sure? But the idea that this change in attitude is a bad thing, in that somehow there was a column by a, colleg- uh, a colleague of mine, James Gearbrandt, really good, thoughtful young columnist on the Times Sports pages now, and he wrote a column saying, kind of implying that if you want to be good at sport, it's going to be tough for your mental health because you need to try so hard, you need to push yourself, you need to go past your limitations. And I thought, you think about the, the, the athletes like Kobe Bryant and Muhammad Ali and Beckham and Messi. They don't think of the hard work as having been a job because they were passionate about Mm. what they were doing Mm. and I think great coaches have the ability to nudge you 
Now, once you are doing a sport for its own sake, you're not doing it just to please a parent or to, you know, you actually internalise the motivation, then you do need the occasional nudge, the occasional push. don't think that's necessarily um, negative for mental health. I think that can be a really positive thing to help you to reach your full potential and mm. that surely is part of what life is about your olympic experience is interesting now when, when you were talking about that and you you said that before we we were kind of taking sport seriously and you you referenced jonathan edwards who yeah. won gold didn't he at that yeah. olympic yeah. saying you know his sleep patterns were disrupted by all oh. the other athletes having parties <laughs> I mean, you, did, did it feel like a party I got to, so i get to Bar- so barcelona I, I i was 21 yeah and the barcelona olympic village <laughs> that only the athletes and coaches are allowed in there it's like security it's it's roped off yeah it's an extraordinary place to be let me tell i mean mm. just thousands of young virile body beautiful athletes yeah, you can sure. imagine it is yeah, quite absolutely. an explosive amount. but there, there was a private beach for the for the uh, sports people there was a temp in bowling alley there's uh, obviously free food on site mm. whatever you want to eat and there was a real amateurishness about team gb you know people smuggling beers into their rooms partying at night getting to know loads of other people from other nations mm. And Jonathan Edwards, who said a winner gold medal, couldn't get to sleep because they're partying in the place next door. And he said, you know, this is outrageous. And it's true, right? Yeah. And I was thinking to myself when I wrote that column that, you know, we had fun in Barcelona, but it was superficial. Mm. Would have been much better to have given it a full... I mean, how often do you in your lifetime get a chance to play in an Olympic Games? A deeper satisfaction from going to a competition like that and trying to come away with, even if it isn't a goal, just being the best you can possibly be. Yeah. And I think that professionalism in British sport shouldn't be looked at as something that is somehow negative. I've spoke to coaches, mm. many, many coaches, who now worry a lot about how they're perceived if they say, come on, give it another go, you know, push yourself a bit harder mm. in this session. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. No, Interesting. Right. Interesting. Well, Matthew, lovely to see always. you as always. Thanks for Great to be in. here. Thank and, you. Uh, a column, it's, it's always out the same day every week. It's, uh, you mean you don't know this? Well, I just... I'm this, just is, this is I'm absolutely... Just, I'm just, I'm hor- I'm just, no, just like, making sure you're not a movable feast. <laughs> <in that time. laughs> it's a football column on a Monday, uh, sport on a Wednesday. Fantastic. Thank okay. You Lovely to see you as yeah, always. And are you working on another book at the moment? You... I am, actually. I've just started one, and I've got quite interested in the history. So it's about sort of the how, how societies evolve from the agricultural revolution through to, to today. Excellent. Okay, Matthew's uh, other books, go and check it out. Uh, Matthew side, put it into Amazon, and you'll get uh, the full range. How many is it so far? Uh, four. Four, okay. There we Good are. stuff. Thank Good you. to see you. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. West Ham, of course, signed a new play. He was unveiled on the pitch during the Liverpool game yesterday. Thomas Suchek, his name is. And mm. it was a kind of less than ringing endorsement from uh, from David Moyes. It, it, it would sound that, you know, this, uh, whoever's made the decision to buy him. him. Yeah, he, he, said, he said he's had a winter break, so hopefully he's fresh and ready to go. He said, why not? He said, I've only just met him tonight, really. He's had his medical done, and I hope he can bring something to us. Well, you do so wonder. Too. I mean, they haven't got a director of football there, have they? I mean, no. who who's buying the players? Who's in charge of well, buying the players? It's the owners, isn't it? It's the same. I mean, uh, maybe they could do with a bit of help. I'd say they could. Yeah, definitely. Um, from from for football experts, I don't know if they get that or not. But um, it's market. Who I knows? Mean, Suchek might be good. Well, but it's, it's also a story about West Brom want to make the Dean Garner deal permanent. You think why would West Ham sell him? But yeah. you, the way they run it, you think well, they probably will sell him. 
He looks a good player to me. He does, yeah. I mean, I think you made the point of them, they're suffering without him a bit. Yeah, they certainly are. They've, I think they've won since he got injured. So mm. uh, that's had a bearing on it. The uh, Christian Eriksen played his first game last night. Yeah, people took great delight in the yeah. fact the free kick was rubbish. His it? first, well, I mean, <laughs> Christian Eriksen, his, his legacy really, well, a fine player for Spurs and, and he was much loved, but he, he he always hit the first man with any free kick mm. or uh, or any cross or any corner. He always he always hit the first they man. So well, generally. Many it's obviously a hard skill. Yeah. I've always struck me that if I was a coach, I'd make sure the first man was one of ours. It can't be that simple, can it? it can, just make sure. Arsenal did that. Don't remember Steve Bowl was always the first man. The amount yeah. of flick-ons he'd get. Maybe it is as simple as that. But uh, yeah, first his first meaningful moment as an Inter player, uh, free kick, hits the first man. It was a sensation. In the French Cup. Pleasure, yes. In the French Cup's an odd... I mean, they only have the one cup now, don't they? They did away with their other cup competition, or they're okay. about to, or they yeah. they have already. Mm. But the French Cup is always littered with shocks. And there was another one, like, already this week, Montpellier were beaten by Belfort, whoever they are. It was Who? a cheese. They're in the fourth <laughs> division. You're in the French fourth division. You're a cheese. They're a long way. They think they're a cheese. It's one of those that you kind of put in the oven and then dip hunks of bread in. Lovely. Yeah, yeah it's one of them. Um, but uh, there was another one last night. It was another defeat. Um... Uh, for Lille they got beaten as well by a team called Epinal who are another fourth division team and often EpiPen uh, yeah that's right <laughs> are you Epi now it's, it's, as they often oh, say yeah, in uh, Johannesburg yeah um, so yeah it, it's it's a weird cup competition having said mm. that though um, Power FC you got a right shooing from PSG what so, a surprise yeah I think, I think what sort of side they put out but, um, but still anyway the French Cup uh, more shocks than we generally get in ours cause, which uh, normally Manchester City win it don't they well yes yeah. basically that's, that's likely to happen yeah. you see there's a new job at the Tate Gallery I really fancy I think is I might really? go for it it's the head of coffee <laughs> no <laughs> here it is yeah Britain's, Tate Britain's advert for a head of coffee on a salary of nearly 40,000 has embroiled the gallery in a row over how little museum professionals are play, paid in comparison so yeah. the curators and everything don't earn as much as the head of coffee what is the head of coffee why is he is he just in the in the uh, restaurant or in the cafe it says the gallery's 39,500 pound head of coffee position requires <laughs> extent, I've, I've looked into it extensive experience of cupping you'll pardon the expression <laughs> and espresso quality assessment Espresso quality assessment. What a lot of old nonsense. Yeah, I know. Experience in developing blends for espresso and filter coffee. Mm. Oh, don't bother all taste. Don't bother that one that costs thirty quid a cup. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Perry tweeted, "I give up. They've won." Yeah. Because you know it's it's a strange one though, really. But you, I, I don't think I'm ready to be head of coffee. I could be assistant head of coffee. That's probably still about twenty five grand a year. <laughs> That's not a bad gig, know. that isn't it? And they're talking of art, there's a big art sale coming onto the market because uh, I think they were. Um, married couple in America who are very, very wealthy are splitting up and their art collection will be sold. Oh, yeah. And two Rothko canvases are coming to the market. They're estimated to be worth £100 million. I don't know if you're aware of this artist. I'd rather have Richardson myself. You're not a fan of Mark Rothko? Oh, I'm not a fan they, they're, they're big. I do they not be, get it. They, I'll tell you who is a fan, the Moose, because quite a lot of them are in kind of claret and blue, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? <laughs> I mean, the Moose might have a few... He might... <coughs> Excuse me. He might make an offer. I could knock him one up. Honestly, <clears throat> they're yeah. so easy to reproduce. They're just rubbish. I think they're oh, rubbish. Oh, well, blimey. Okay. Is he all that? 0871722344. Is it is Mark Rothko for you? <laughs> Apparently, uh, David Moyes says he, he's never seen him. He only met him this evening, Mark Rothko, but he hopes he can do a job for him. He's had a winter break. And uh, obviously the chairman thinks he's good, and that's, that's all that really matters. 
And uh, the Duke of Kent celebrated Chinese New Year yesterday. Oh, did he? Yes. Obviously, Lee Na was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing it back to tennis, well, uh, to as you always do. You've been to a lot of these award ceremonies when you were doing the TV boat with Harry. You were often nominated, but. The NTS, there's, it's all, there's always trouble, isn't it? These booze fueled, yeah. especially when all the soap casts and all that. Oh, it's yeah. always aggro, isn't there, at these do's? We saw, uh, there was a fantastic one. We went to one of these do's once, and all, all the uh, we were on mm. the next table to uh, the loose women uh, <laughs> cast. <laughs> and oh, uh, we saw them before the evening, and uh, just thinking, oh, I didn't think she, I thought she, she sounded a bit posher than I thought. They said, mm. And they were all quite, hello, and they're all sitting there waving at everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Harry, and all this sort of yeah. stuff. Blimey, about three hours later, it's <laughs> carnage. <laughs> Absolute carnage. Not it was like good. a sort of Benidorm holiday. <laughs> they had a couple, oh, yeah, a couple of them went flying mm. down the stairs. You do you do see some sights. Mm. Also, we noticed a couple of times, very well-known choreatrice. Mm. Um, if she, uh, she moved the name tag. We saw her go over her table. She clearly didn't like that she'd been put next to oh, the really? awards and uh, got their early doors and had a little bit of shuffle of the, oh, uh, of the name tag. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, I love the Sun's front page story of the battle between Schofield and our own Eamon Holmes. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see that on the undercard. That's a catch. Fury versus Wild. That, that is yeah. <laughs> a catch. Well, I mean, uh, Schofield, I imagine he'd, he'd, he'd probably move a bit better than. But I think yeah. Eamon, he could pack a punch. You know? One punch from Eamon, I think you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> As we may discover if he's listening now. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. You see, Brian Cranston's doing one of the ads for yes, uh, Super, Bowl. Super Bowl ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain for, Dew, isn't it? Yeah, Mountain Dew Zero. That's Zero. right. And, uh, yeah, Mountain, yeah, in Mountain, I said in Mountain Dew. It's Mountain Dew, Mountain isn't it? Dew, that's right. <laughs> what, what you're buying. But this is, um, yeah, he kind of plays Jack Nicholson in The Shining. He's playing lots and lots of different parts. And uh, we probably Moisha won't... Bonington, never mind. Yeah, we probably... <laughs> nice. We probably won't speak to uh, Todd tomorrow because it's going to be a bit manic around transfer mm. deadline day. But we always talk about the ads because it's such a big part of Super Bowl. Yeah, we are talking Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. We're joined by Brandon Flowers, not that one. I love tomorrow. the Super Bowl. I just wish it was on a bit early. I never get past the first quarter because I've got to be up early the next day. Okay. Do you want fact of the day from the Daily Star? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. There is not one McDonald's fast food outlet in all of Iceland. 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 Rather. Iceland. Why did you suddenly become <laughs> Björk? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it does beg the question is, is there a branch of Iceland in Iceland? Probably not. I wouldn't open with Andy. <laughs> I just wondered. My name's Andy Jacobs. <clears throat> Good night. <laughs> yeah, should we ask? Yeah, we should ask David Ginnar, shouldn't we? Do you have Iceland in, uh, in France, David? I, I did like that story of the bloke who pulled over to treat an injured leopard, mm. only to discover it was a coat. Why did he think there was a leopard? It was a spec in Hebden, Hebden Bridge in Yorkshire. Why really? Do you think, yeah, look Why did he think there was a leopard in well, Hebden because, Bridge? Because there was a woman's coat with a belt sort of you can see sort of why he thought it yeah. was a leopard but you know you think there's a point where he thought to himself there can't be a leopard here it's what you call a bet lynch situation isn't it oh, very much so. get a call in to chris ramsey ask him about that <laughs> the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport there we are and of course there is an iceland in iceland yes, as we then we then discovered <laughs> brilliant Okay, well, that's it. Uh, Martin Johnson, uh, David Morrissey, the fine actor, will be joining us. All the transfer stuff, everything else, coming up between uh, one and four tomorrow. But uh, for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. 
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.